Welcome to the Confessions of a Loveaholic podcast. Join me, your host, Emmy Hernandez, on a journey where we help women heal and find soulmate love to help rewire their brain and nervous system so healthy love is on the radar and it feels like home instead of heartbreak. Whether you've found your soulmate or your journey is just beginning, we'll explore the energy healing practices like meditation, yoga, and have straight talk about toxic addictions. You deserve safe love. What if we fed our hair with the same nourishing ingredients that we feed our bodies? Whatever hair texture or hair type you have, your hungry dew will feel well-fed from the superfood ingredients packed into every bottle of hair food. Every hair food product is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oils because your hair does not want to be eating that. So if you're looking to really nourish your hair, it's got to be hair food. Look for it at Amazon, Walmart, and Target. Mamacita, welcome to the Mamas con Ganas podcast. That's mamas as in, hey mama, y te traemos episodios para que tengas las ganas de motivarte, surgir y triunfar. Don't be a mama con drama, let's be mamas con ganas. I'm your host, Valentina Izara. On this episode of the Mamas Con Ganas podcast, we're talking about how to eliminate pride. Pride, virtue, or vice. Exactly. I'm here with my hubby once again, Dr. Mark Lamassani. We're, we are doing a series, a whole series on the seven capital sins, but not seen from the perspective of morality, but rather from the perspective of self-development yes and i'll have you know i'm not a doctor in psychology but a doctor in root canals <laughs> so that makes me qualified to speak about this very topic <laughs> i get to the root of the problem exactly ay, ay, ay. okay so so yeah this is this is such a really cool topic i loved the idea of approaching envy from a different perspective as opposed to looking at envy of you know this is bad this is good i'm i feel i feel envious that i shouldn't feel that way we're trying to eliminate the whole concept of shoulds and shouldn'ts but we're not talking about envy today we're talking no, no, about pride no no i'm saying last time that was last really time cool. yes we I addressed that, that was yeah yeah so if you want to hear the first part of our series go back to episode 84 where we talk all about envy yes. and how to basically eradicate that and eliminate that from your life because it does feel really good well, when you I don't mean, have it creeping in all the time. When you have the ability to recognize that feeling and see it for what it is and try and shift your thoughts um, and you know just be more aware of the fact that that's the way you're feeling. I think that that's, that's kind of the salient point with each and every one of these uh, seven deadly sins, so to speak, is once you recognize it, once you shed light on it, then it doesn't have the same power. So pride. Yeah, pride. <laughs> so this is really interesting because I was doing some research on pride and I found that it's out of all the capital sins or the deadly sins in, that we speak of in Christianity. It's the only one that's both a virtue and a vice. So correct when it's done correctly, when you feel pride in the good way basically it means that you love and respect yourself mm -hmm. 
So, so, so again, and you feel worthy. Yeah, a, a, a productive way of interpreting the sensation of pride, seeing as though there's no good or bad. We're just looking at it in, in within the framework of possibility. Would be that you know, giving yourself that self-respect and honoring your creation is a positive thing. But then again. If you overindulge in that sensation of you being this master creator, you start putting yourself on a pedestal and above others and then even more so sometimes above God. Yes. So basically there's like a threshold, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's not just pride of oneself and love of oneself, but it also has to do with, for example, uh, the love of your nationality, like pride for your nation Mm -hmm. or pride for your uh, your race, pride for your uh, oh, gender, pride brilliant. for whatever it is. Yeah. Basically, there's a threshold where it's no longer pride as a virtue and you being you you having the sense of pride where it feels good, but it turns over into I'm superior than that other nationality, yeah, it, superior that, to that other race. That is really well said. It It's it's acknowledging your power and acknowledging the fact that you can have an impact, a positive impact and serve the world. But once it kind of crosses over to the path of, well, you know, because I'm creating it almost it almost it almost kind of um, devolves into a certain sense of entitlement or a certain sense of, you know, a delusion of grandeur. That's kind of yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Now, explain to the podcast listeners for us, because I know what you're talking about when you say from the from the perspective of possibility. OK, R- explain that to them as a concept within the self-help world. Sure, sure. So so, you know, what what we're trying to do um, is we're trying to look at these ways of being, uh, meaning you know, whether it be selfish or prideful or proud, sorry, or envious, um, envious or happy, gluttonous. All these are just different ways of being studious. Sometimes as human beings, we have this narrow minded way of looking at things that there's someone is one way. Well, we're all human beings. We all have the possibility of being many ways. Um, so these, what, what we're what we're talking about is, as opposed to looking at this behavior as right or wrong, we're just looking at it as a different possibility. And what does that possibility bring to you, and and in in a constructive way or in a destructive way? And pride is very is very nuanced in, from that perspective because. Um, you know, a certain sense of pride gives you that certain sense of self-esteem, not only self-esteem, but also the desire to put forth more effort. Yes. It's kind of, it kind of has that positive reinforcement aspect to it. Um, But then again, once you reach a certain threshold and you start believing that you're in ultimate control of your life. Or that you're just better than everybody else. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an interesting concept. Because, you know, where does humility really come from? It, it's, it's coming from this space of understanding that you, there are things in life that you simply can't control. Life is just far too complex for you to have a hold on each and every element of it. And once you 
lose sight of that and try and control other people or control, you know, certain events that are beyond your control. And, and really, so, so that's, that's where, you know, the whole, I mean, if you really push it to an extreme, like a dictatorship, a dictator is really trying to micromanage every little element of a chaotic world. But in reality, they end up enclosing themselves. Why? Because the world is far superior to, to, to what they can, what they can control. So that's kind of the extreme version of a human being that is taking pride, you know, to the utmost. I will say, too, that from a spiritual I know we're talking from a self-help perspective, but from a spiritual perspective, humility, because you just and I'm saying this because you mentioned the word humility. Mm -hmm. Humility is the cure to the bad kind of pride, to the pride that's actually a vice. Destructive. Destructive. Mm -hmm. And according to like um, certain things that I was reading that had to do with like, you know, theo theologians and spirituality, pride apparently plays the role in every other sin that we commit. So everything else that might be, and I'm not going to say wrong here because since we we're looking at it from a perspective of possibility, I'm going to say perhaps more, just more destructive in our lives mm -hmm. because I feel like another, another word for sin, because we're talking about the capital sins might be, things that are destructive in our lives that yeah. when they encompass us. So, you know, that when they envelop us in its totality, they become, they can completely destroy our mm -hmm. lives. All yep. of these things can do like pride can, yep. if you think about it, pride is like the thing that sometimes keeps partners and, um, you know, uh, boyfriend, girlfriends, wives, and, 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 or it breaks up marriages. It breaks up friendships. It breaks up, all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. It is that one thing that separates us because it's basically saying when the person, when you get to that other threshold, is basically saying, I'm right, you're wrong, completely wrong, and I'm not going to like budge. budge at all. It's interesting that you mentioned that because, you know, a lot of, even in, in uh, and not that I've been through this process, but I've heard this from many people that are in recovery, the biggest impediment to them being able to get out of that vicious cycle is them acknowledging that they're not in control. The, 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 the longer an addict believes that they're, they have the ability to take control of this problem on their own, the more wrapped up they get into this situation. And that's pride. That's like, Pride wow. at its best. That's really interesting. Yeah. I, and, and the first step towards curing that disease is humility and being able to. And it's interesting because I do. I listen to another podcaster by the name of Rich Roll, and he talks about his whole experience with addiction. And it's it's fascinating how you even see, you know, he'll step into the space of of self um, self help or or. or um, 12 step and then say to himself, well, well I'm going to do it my way. And then that, that element of pride is what ends up leading to the demise and relapse. And, and it's interesting, like when you hear of, or see uh, stories of addiction, that's like, that is the beginning of demise is that prideful. I could just, have, let me just have one drink or let me just have one line or let me just have one 
joint. It's like literally the beginning of the sin. It's interesting that you say that because now you're reminding me of the other thing that I read, yeah. which is this, that in the spiritual world, God allows for you to fall into the other of the capital sins so that you're brought back to humility because pride is the ultimate of sin. It's, so it's, it's basically saying, I'm God. I have total control of this. I don't need anything yeah. else. I could do everything on my own. And so what you're saying with addicts is very true. It's like they they fall back into that. What when they when they're feeling like that, they fall back into the, but that happens for everything and anything in yeah. life. It's not just with addiction, because I feel that when we in those moments where we think we know it all, yeah. is usually when we get up knocked upside the head and we get reminded one way or another mm -hmm. that our life is fleeting, that our life is delicate. And we became we become humble, whether it's through the death of somebody, yeah. if you think about it, somebody the that's very close to us. One. Yes. Or through maybe some type of failure that we go through in work or something that's not as a hit as something that we might have done, mm -hmm. you know, because those are the moments, those moments that bring us back to humility where we can actually find compassion with other human beings. Yeah. It, that, it, it, yeah, that's so good. And compassion brings us back to like our giving self. Mm -hmm. Because if we were to always succeed and if we were to always do everything well without making any mistakes, we would always be in that pride. If you mm -hmm. think about it mm -hmm. in one way or another. It, well, and, and it's again, it's like when you're in that state of mind, that, that that's where the pendulum starts to swing, where as opposed to being um, a vehicle or a fuel for more service, it just becomes a fuel to the ego. Meaning, um, uh, let me clarify, like you're doing good um, gives you a certain sense of empowerment, right? And then that empowerment gives you that sense of the, let's call it the quote unquote, good pride. So then you do more and then you possibly get recognition for it. And then there's a threshold where your mind becomes addicted to feeding the ego addicted to having the praise and you become addicted to behaving in a certain way in order to inflate that ego until eventually an event happens and that pops <laughs> <laughs> and then you're back to you know you're back to recognizing how you know unique your your human experience really is and how a life of service allows for you to stay interconnected. It's all about, you know, that interconnectivity, getting you pulled away from God or towards God is, is that balance between everything happens in intention. I think. So what's the possibility beyond like that vice of pride? So for somebody, if you're listening to us right now and you're thinking, man, that's something that I really struggle with. Pride always gets the way you know, in, in the way of my relationships or in, in the way of my marriage or in the way of my work or in the way I behave with my colleagues, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's you listening and saying, that's that one thing that always, you know, knocks me upside the head. What is the alternative? What's the possibility? What's the other possibility? Apology. I feel I, I <laughs> and I'm not very good at it. No me digas. Don't tell me. Really. 
Are you gonna are you gonna publicly apologize now? I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, apology. I like that. Yes. Apology. Uh, that is one. I mean, it's 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 the embodiment of an act of humility, saying to someone else, you know, I I didn't mean to do that. I did it. I did it. Not making an excuse for it. Saying, I did this. I realized that this is what it did to you. And I didn't mean to do it. I didn't realize that that's the effect that that had. That kind of, first of all, it bridges, it brings you back into connection. And second of all, it it humbles you in that you realize that not everything you do is right. Or not everything you do is productive, so to speak. And it also makes you realize um, you're human. And yeah. you're going to make mistakes. And you're going to do shitty things. Like, like even really nice people. <laughs> you're do... setting it up really bad for them out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's true. Make mistakes. Let's say you're going to make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. We're all human. Everyone makes mistakes. I mean, it's so funny. You look at, you know... I mean, we we look at celebrities and then they come on to hard times and or they they have an issue with or drugs or. Oh, my gosh. I just saw you. talking about that. I just Jorna, who works with me with Mama on Mama Conganas, showed me like the first episode of Demi Lovato's documentary on YouTube. Wow. I was like blown away. Talk about a knock from 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 beyond from god because this girl literally almost died from drugs oh my and goodness. then she's now talking about her experience and she's talked about all the self work that she's had to do and all the self-healing and the like confronting of her demons mm -hmm. that she's had it really is one of those things where and i and that's why sometimes not sometimes they say we can either learn from pain or from joy it just depends on how we want to learn yeah. from life. And I'm, that's why if we stay humble, it's easier to learn from from joy. I, and when we become agree. prideful, you end up slipping. You end up slipping and then the fall can be sometimes way harsher. That's well said. And 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 like I was saying, I mean, you look at these celebrities and just because, you know, just because they're portrayed in a certain light. It doesn't mean that they don't go through this human experience oh, just absolutely. in the same way that we do. Yeah. And and I don't know. I mean, I want to bring this up. Um, the the uh, the movie about Mister Rogers. Um, oh, you love he loved that movie. Marco loved the movie of Mister Rogers. Well, what was so incredible and was so true was the idea that this person. Fred Rogers embodied Mr. Rogers in, in that, you know, this is someone that gets mad. This is someone that gets upset. This is someone that gets heartbroken. This is someone that has a hard time uh, raising his children, but he chooses to behave in a certain way. He, he, he knows that there's other ways of being. He knows that it would be you know, possible for him to just get upset and start yelling at everyone and things of that nature. He just 
he makes a conscious effort to not be that way. Actually, that's a great example, to be honest with you. That movie is a really a great example of of humility. Oh, yeah. Of the possibility of humility. Yes, absolutely. And 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 he'll say things to the effect of. Oh, there's there's so many, so many wonderful little tidbits. Okay, mamacita, hold that thought. Now a word from our sponsor. Here's an inspired idea. What if we fed our hair with the same nourishing ingredients that we feed our bodies? I've been using clean, simple, kitchen-crafted recipes from hair food and have seen amazing results. Whatever hair texture or hair type you have, your hungry dew will feel well-fed from the superfood ingredients packed into every bottle of hair food. Oh, and did I mention the scents? Everything from coconut milk and chai spice to refreshing tea tree and lavender water. They're all so different and they all smell so good. Every hair food product is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oils because your hair does not want to be eating that. So if you're looking to nourish your hair, really nourish it, it's got to be hair food. Look for it at Amazon, Walmart, and Target. There's so many great little pearls in in that movie about, you know, living a life of service and a, a man that what he really cared for is good wholesome quality education for children like that was his mission in life and he just his focus was to stay true to that mission even with all the fame and celebrity and and you know financial rewards that came with what he had created in Mr. Rogers he really stayed true to his mission. I, I honestly think it's one of the most admirable things is that ability to have great successes in life and to stay humble and grounded. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why and the movie is so touching. Keeping pride at, at bay, at bay. In yes, check. keeping at pride bay. at bay and creating those possibilities for yourself. That possibility to be, because even if you're a proud person, you have the possibility of also becoming compassionate Mm -hmm. and humble and forgiving and of recognizing other people's worth as well, not just your own. Because pride, that's what pride eliminates. It's basically giving yourself all the worth and no worth to anybody else. Well, it's interesting because even from a scientific perspective, it's been shown that a surgeon that creates an environment in which he's the boss, he's the only operator, he's the only eyes on the show, will make far more mistakes and commit more errors and have poorer outcomes than a surgeon that creates an environment in which, although he is the one operating, yeah, to call the ultimate emp- shots, he empowers the entire team to give their perspective on what's going on. And if they see something that doesn't look right to say something, not to stay quiet. Yeah, because then then he can evaluate it with his education and his experience. He can evaluate it. But unless those people bring forth their observations and Mm -hmm. speak up, he might not notice what other eyes can notice as well in the room. 
of the so surgery. That's also a very real way, a very real um, example of how keeping pride in check, not only on an individual perspective, but on an organizational perspective, really has that positive impact that we're talking about, irrespective of the right and wrong of it. It's just something that works better because that's when, when, when the individual is not placed at the helm, but it's really the, 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 the system, the, the organization's got, it's interesting because I'm, I'm in reading uh, the second part of extreme ownership. It's called um, the dichotomy of leadership by Jocko Wilnick and Leif Babb. And they talk about one concept of decentralized command. What is that? That's basically Although there is one pillar leader, every sub uh, every subunit of the organization has their ability to make their own decisions, and that's an example of of keeping pride in check. Not having one person at the helm calling all the, all shots, the shots and everyone only reporting to that one person. Well, they say that the great leaders, what they do is find other great leaders that that he chooses to work in their specialty because not one person basically knows everything. No, it's impossible. So that humility and, and, and knowing that you're not. That yes. Exactly. That exactly. Understanding that you can't know everything is 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 the greatest asset that someone can have and it's interesting because we experienced that that is when when we were on the team for uh dr caesar sabatez in his uh candidacy to become president of the american dental association so let me give a little bit of background yeah. my husband and i were both part of the team that we were working for the campaign of Dr. Cesar Sabates in order for him to become elected as the president of the American Dental Association. So everybody in the group yes. had their own specialty and niche. And that was by design. Yes. That was by design. How? Why? Because Dr. Mike Egnatz, who is the campaign manager, had enough humility to know that he couldn't be an expert in social media and camera and lighting and uh, yeah, all the different nuances and, that go into doing and, a campaign. Exactly. So his campaign manager that I mean, yes, props to Dr. Egnatz for for knowing that yes. and for realizing I got to get experts in all these other areas. And that's how Mark and I, you know, were able to participate in the campaign. Yeah. And as a consequence, Dr. Sabat is one, which is amazing. It really does speak for the power of community and the power of working together and keeping, keeping yourself in check. Yes, absolutely. So what are some takeaways? Well, well I, I wanted to say one last thing before we close and it's this, because in preparing for this episode as well, I was thinking a lot about this, you know, capital sin, as you may call it, or maybe destructive possibility. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the fact that like what I do as an actor actually really like we have so many times that we get said no to that i was like wow god really has me in check with pride <laughs> he reminds me every single day that i'm not that special <laughs> but i mean it's interesting and i have to say at this it, it, I, I thought about it from a different perspective because sometimes when you don't get those things that you want it can cause you to be very angry. So mm -hmm. I'm speaking from like a personal perspective. Uh, it can cause you to be really, you know, to really be down on the dumps, mm -hmm. uh, you know, even put you in the mindset of victim 
and feel like you're hopeless and really not feel worthy. Mm. So the other side of like not having any type of pride is feeling like you're nothing. And that that's an awful feeling mm -hmm. as well. So it is important for us to like love ourselves and to know that we're worthy. But then I was examining, you know, what that has done in my life is that that extended no, that repetitive no, and that has me continuously having to keep searching and searching and searching for that yes, and that persistence. I feel like that humility that God has put in me because of this, that aspect of my life mm -hmm. has given me other virtues like the virtue of persistence, for mm. example. So humility is accompanied not only by just humility, it brings along a bunch of other virtues mm -hmm. with it humility brings along that virtue of persistence mm -hmm. for example like i mentioned and also discipline because you realize when things are not going your way and when you're having failures one you know one after the other you're like okay in order for me to succeed at something okay i have to persist i have to have faith that also keeps you faithful mm -hmm. faithful in something else you know in, in an infinite intelligence in God, it, it's really kept me faithful to God is that mm. that humility that it brings with the me getting the nose from the from the castings. When I get a yes, it's amazing. But those no's have, keep, have kept me grounded, have given me persistence and have also given me faith. It, 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 it's really, you know, it's interesting because as human beings, we're constantly in that that dualistic um environment in that you know we always we have the ego at bay and we're 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 trying to kind of stay connected to to our humanity um and again like you mentioned the from, from a pride perspective you need to have that sense of self-worth but but understanding the miracle of being born a human being and imperfect no, the miracle, wait, the miracle of having that level of agency, like that ability, that that creative gift, because there's instances where the other side of the coin, where you sit there and you pray and you pray and you pray, but you don't do anything. Doesn't That's work true. either. So so in recognizing and honoring your creativity, creativity as a human being, it gives you that. Um, that ability or that uh, um, it allows you to recognize that you do have a say in the matter. You do have, you have to play your part in this role of life. So although you understand that there's, there's a certain sense of interconnectedness, you're not a cog just waiting to be turned. You have to do your part in, in creating what it is that you want. And that's, that's that dichotomy. No, it's absolutely. Because I think at the end of the day, we're not meant to stay punished forever. So when we go through those failures and those moments of the fracaso, like we say mm -hmm. in Spanish, that, that those failures that we like, for example, when you come home, because Mark does root canals all day long. And when you have those cases that really bring you down to your knees and also you recognize, man, like I'm great at this, but there will be some cases where you come home and you'll be like, oh, do I totally suck? And they'll also ground you of course. and they keep you 
sharp, I mm-hmm. think. And and they'll keep you humble as as a as a clinician. As a clinician. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we're not it's, meant it's, to stay in that feeling yeah. forever is what I meant to say. Of course. It's like and it's also along with what you said, we're not pegs in this. We're meant to Cogs, yeah. Po- what did you say? Cogs. Cogs, whatever. We're not <laughs> We're not meant to stay in that sensation of failure forever. Yeah. We need to use that failure as perhaps just a sign to stay grounded and humble, but then we need to be able to push ourselves back up and once again arise from the ashes like the phoenix. Yes. And and another another point of pride that that we didn't touch is oftentimes when someone brings criticism to the table whether whether you want to see see and this is the interesting thing because criticism will come in all shapes all shapes and sizes. Some people are blunt, some people are sweet, some people are evasive. Some some people will will tell it to you like in this whole you know, flowers and rainbows, but they're really telling you something that they don't like about you. And some people are so straight to the core, it feels like you just got ran over by a truck. But it's it's your way of reacting to that criticism. And as opposed to stepping into the, you know, hurt feelings report. Or like, that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, egg, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And not receiving any of it. It's it there's value in accepting, listening. And and just trying it on. Yes, trying it on, and yeah. also because for growth. Exactly for purposes because of growth, if you, if education, yeah, self awareness, and becoming better. Exactly, and if you if you immediately put on the put on if you're if you wear a fence as a repel offense, like becoming offended by what someone said or what someone how someone's saying it. Offense is like, in my opinion. Offense is like a growth repellent. Like of course. A, a, offense repels growth. Because if you if you want to be stuck into being offended, you'll never have the opportunity of getting that pearl. And maybe someone's telling you something that's 98% crap, but 2% of it has value. But if you put up the veil of offense, well, then you didn't even get that 2% that you could have improved on. That's true. Well, offense or being offended is also people who are proud proudful proud proud people who are proud in the in the in the let's say the destructive manner will take offense will take offense to everything yep. and people who are humble they're open no matter how good they are at anything yep will be open to any type of criticism agreed and will let that criticism slide or no or they'll just Consider it. Consider it. Yeah. And then they'll take what's useful for them, but yes. let the rest slide. Agreed. There's a part of the, you know. Yeah, you can't just kind of chastise yourself. And, and that's the balance between the good pride or the pride that's productive and the pride that's destructive. Absolutely. The productive pride will say, okay, you know, let, I, well, the pro, the productive pride will say, let me disregard this element that's doesn't seem as though it, uh, it, it it's of any value to me. The destructive pride will just reject all of it. 
So <laughs> this has been a very interesting conversation. It's great talk. Yes. Let us what you think. Let us know what you think. Mamacita. Go to mamasconganas.com forward slash 86. You can tell us what you thought about the about the episode, what you think about this discussion having to do with pride. In your opinion, is it a vice? Is it a virtue? And we'll see you guys next week for our third capital sin. Woo-hoo. I think it's going to be lust. It's going to be lust? <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> Have a great week. Besitos. It's Valentina. Espero te gustó este episodio de nuestro podcast. If you liked it, or if any of our content has inspired you in any way, I'd be ever so grateful if you showed some amorcito by reviewing us on iTunes or wherever you listen to us. Every single review will help us reach more mamacitas so they can live their life con muchas ganas. It's because of you, our listeners, that we're able to create contenido para otras latinas. Un millón de gracias por suscribirte, escuchar y compartir nuestro podcast. Si tienen preguntas, comentarios y más, pueden visitar nuestra página web mamasconganas.com or follow us on social media at mamasconganas. You can also write me directly at info at mamasconganas.com. Hasta la próxima. Es Valentina recordándote. Don't be a mama con drama. Mm-mm. Let's be mamas con ganas. Besitos. What if we fed our hair with the same nourishing ingredients that we feed our bodies? Whatever hair texture or hair type you have, your Hungry Dew will feel well-fed from the superfood ingredients packed into every bottle of hair food. Every hair food product is free of sulfates, parabens, dyes, and mineral oils because your hair does not want to be eating that. So if you're looking to really nourish your hair, it's got to be hair food. Look for it at Amazon, Walmart, and Target.